Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. <clears throat> so many times I seem to reference um, A.W. Tozer, and it, it's no secret, he's one of my favorite authors. And if you've never read a book by A.W. Tozer, I would encourage you to pick it up. Um, I, I would just start with The Pursuit of God, The Pursuit of God, and then The Pursuit of Man, God's Pursuit of Man. Um, and then the second book I would recommend is The Knowledge of the Holiness of God, The, 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 the Knowledge of the Holy, The Knowledge of the Holy. Um, A.W. Tozer is the one who said, when we come to church, we should never expect to be entertained, but we should anticipate the high and holy presence of a living God. When we come to church, we should never come or think that we're, we're about to be entertained, but we should come to experience the high and holy presence of a living God. Victory's different, okay? Victory's different. The reason this church is very different is because we're doing practically the opposite of what most church culture in America is doing. Most of what church culture is running after is an hour-long entertainment, pulsating, adrenalizing, highlights, high fog machines, great coffee, get the butts in the seats, get them giving big offerings, get the butts out of the seats so they can go and enjoy their lives. Anybody that come, we've got visitors in here tonight. Any anyone that comes and experiences any kind of meeting here at Victory knows that this is the exact opposite of that. Our desire is that when you come here, you have a heart-to-heart -heart encounter with the Lord. It has to be spirit to spirit. It has to be heart to heart with the Lord. All of our prayers that we put together that have happened throughout this entire week, many days this week, has been about encounters with the Lord. So if you're new here, you're like, wow, this is, this is different. It, it is. And that's okay. So we've come to encounter the living God, the living Christ. Amen. I just, uh, we, you know, we don't, we didn't plan this, but I just asked Cody if he would lead us for just another moment in a special song tonight. And um, let's just worship for another moment, and then I'm going to break open the word. Can we do that? And you can just stay seated, but let's just, let's just worship and just let this wash over us tonight. And let's declare who our God is.
Lord, your word goes forth and it washes us tonight. Your word goes forth and nourishes the heart, nourishes the soul. Your word goes forth and brings liberating power and victory. Your word goes forth and it empowers your sons and daughters. Your word is anointed. We thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, move us now in the winds of the Spirit. Take us where you delight to take us, Lord, and help me to impart your words of life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. Thank you so much, Cody, worship team. Thank you. I want to speak to you, and I want to encourage you tonight to take some notes, okay? Please take some notes. Take some good notes. Get your iPads, your smartphones, your, your personal journals. I want to speak to you tonight about clean wells, pure water, and hearts that are free from poison. Clean wells, pure water, and hearts that are free from poison. So you're heading to Second, Second Chronicles 32 tonight. While we were in Washington, D.C. last week on a very powerful, significant trip, and I want to thank all of you for praying for us. We had a mighty, mighty week of ministry, prayer, special assignments in Washington. While we were there last week, the county came through our neighborhood and was doing a water test for each home throughout our neighborhood. They did a backflow test. It's called a backflow test. Some of you are familiar with that. And, um, it was discovered that our house actually failed the test for the backflow. And uh, we had just a few small parts that needed to be repaired. We didn't have to have the whole piping replaced, thank the Lord. Uh, but we just, we just had to have a few parts repaired so that there wouldn't be any backflow. And if you know anything about it, um, what happens is if you hit a level of backflow, there is a contamination of water. And if a contamination of water of that backflow uh, begins to come into your house, it's highly dangerous to your health. I think most of you know that, whether you're showering in it, whether you're brushing your teeth in it, you know, whatever. And so uh, we had those, those parts repaired. And um, when we did, I, I was, we, we had this nice flyer on our, our door when we got home. And I thought, oh, wow, we just got socked with another bill. <laughs> we went out on a mission and an assignment, you know, to go do the Lord's work. And we got socked with a bill. Praise God. In all things, give praise, right? In all things, give praise. And, so it was just, it ended up being just, a, uh, I say just, but it was a couple hundred dollars, and, and I was thankful that we didn't have to replace everything, so we had the parts fixed. But this is uh, actually where this message began to, begin to brew within my heart. I'm speaking to you tonight about clean wells, pure water, and hearts that are free from poison. 
I, I'm actually going to begin in 2 Chronicles 31. So if you're, for those of our tech team and back, I want you to go just back a chapter. And we're going to read verse th- uh, 21. 2 Chronicles 31, verse 21. And we're jumping into the life of Hezekiah tonight for just a moment because I believe that this is going to be a, ver- a very unique prophetic picture that God wants to lay a grid so that we have understanding. One of the things that I try to do when I impart the word, we start with a blank white canvas and we just begin to paint. And then the Lord begins to, some of you as you're looking at the canvas are like, I I don't know where this is going. This is not yet making sense until you know, it's like Bob Ross, you know, we're, 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 we're going to put a few little happy trees over here and a few little happy, happy bushes and trees over here. And, 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 and then all of a sudden, you're, it's like your eyes start, it starts coming all together. Amen. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to I just use the grid tonight of this captivating story. It's very fascinating. If you've never studied the life of Hezekiah, and we, we have a lot of visitors tonight, so I, I don't know who all's in the house, but I want to encourage you to study the life of King Hezekiah. Fascinating life, fascinating king of Israel and leader. And um, in verse 21 of chapter 31, it says, In every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all of his heart, so he prospered. Don't you love that? Let's one more time. Let's read it together. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart, so he prospered. Now we're jumping right into 32. After these deeds of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Syria, came and he entered Judah and he encamped against the fortified cities, thinking that he would win them over to himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, he consulted, who did? Hezekiah. He consulted with his leaders and his commanders to stop the water from the springs that were outside the city. Now, if you haven't underlined that in your scriptures yet, you need to just highlight that, underscore it, because we're going to go somewhere with this tonight. He consulted his leaders and his commanders to stop the water from the springs which were outside the city, and they helped him. Are you there? Verse 4, Thus many people gathered together and stopped all the springs and the brook that ran through the land, saying, Why should the king, or, or Sennacherib, of Syria come and find much water? And he strengthened himself. He built up the wall of all the wall that had been broken, raised it up to the towers, and built another wall outside. Also he repaired the Milo in the city of David, and made weapons and shields in abundance. Then he set military captains over the people, gathered them together to him in the open square of the city gate, and he gave them encouragement. Don't you like that? The king brought everybody together and gave them encouragement. I'm liking this, right? Saying, be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid. 
Don't be dismayed before the king of Assyria, Sennacherib. Don't, don't be afraid of him. Don't dismay him. Nor before the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Are you ready? With him is the arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? So I want us to recognize some things here that happen as we begin the journey through the story. Now, the reason I wanted to start here so that we can give some prophetic highlights and colors on the canvas to get painting and to get going. Many of you that we just took um, last October to Israel will remember us going through Hezekiah's tunnels. And this is part of the story. And this is interesting because... The, the brilliance of Hezekiah and his engineers at the time was, it, it, we find the scripture, I believe it's um, uh, Proverbs 22, verse 3, where it talks about a, prov- a prudent man or a wise man sees evil coming and he makes preparation. Are you tracking with me? So what happened was is that Hezekiah knows that Sennacherib is coming And they have the idea within them, we have to secure our water. What is our water? Our water is our secret life source. Our water is our secret life source. It is what sustains us. It is what keeps us healthy. It is what keeps us moving. Amen? So they said, listen, if they think they're going to come and attack us, let's, sh- let's shut off all of their water source. Why, why should our enemies be drinking our life source? Why should our enemies be drinking our life source? And so they gained a plan. He, met, he strategized with his engineers, with his commanders, with his leaders, and they made a plan to redirect the waters This is a massive story, and I don't have time to teach the whole thing. But underneath Jerusalem, they began to carve out a cavern to redirect the water of the Gihon Spring. The Gihon Spring is is the water source that feeds all of Jerusalem. And so what they did was they encamped around uh, the spring there, and they built up walls so that the enemy could not get to it. And then they built towers, and they built like uh, cistern reserves where water could be stored. And they chiseled underneath Jerusalem to redirect the water ducts to go to different pools so that the enemy could not access them. Now, I want to let that sit for a second. I have never preached this message. I put this message together about six hours ago. This is fresh out of the bread oven. Are you with me? What were they doing? They were, uh, write this down, they were protecting and preserving life within the walls of the city for the citizens and the army. Okay? They were giving the enemy no access to their source of water 
to give them military superiority or military strength. You, if you got water, you got food, you got strength, you got military strength. Are you with me? But they also kept them, which is, this is highly important, they kept them from polluting and contaminating their water source. Now, this is big. Because in our lives, see, Paul writes about this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. He says, give no place to the devil. I want you to repeat that back to me right now. Give no place to the devil. Come on, Ronnie. Give no place to the devil. Come on. Give no place to the devil. See, what they did, they found a strategy so that their enemy could not touch or contaminate or pollute or poison their well or their spring. Let me tell you, the enemy is after your secret source of power. In the Old Testament, you will find this. There's so many different references. But the Philistines, what they would do, they would come and they would use a military option. And it was a military option of poisoning the wells. They would come and they would poison the wells of the tribes of Israel. And it was a warfare tactic. you got to hear this. I hope you're taking notes. Poisoning wells, contaminating wells is a warfare tactic. you got to hear this tonight. And you need to hear it with spiritual prophetic ears so that you can perceive what God is saying. And he's saying a multiplicity of things tonight. Because it's so thick and rich in here. I'm going to preach till midnight. Glory to God, I felt that. I'm just kidding. Okay, so it was... <laughs> It was a warfare strategy. It was a warfare tactic against them. And see, when you poison a well, you are, you are literally maliciously, purposely bringing contamination. Because if you, can't, if you contaminate and you lose poisons, you can annihilate an entire tribe. You can annihilate a t an entire people group. You can wipe them out. Are you with me? But beyond that, if... If it doesn't wipe them out, it can also, if you contaminate water, you can get people so sick they can no longer fight or defend themselves. This started with a bill. You, 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 your house failed a test. You're gonna, you have a backflow problem. Are you with me? This is where it all started, okay? And my wheels began turning, and the Lord began to speak to me about a number of things. And I know He's speaking to you tonight. But see, the enemy would love to come, and he would love to poison the water. He would love to poison your well, your water source. He wants to get in and sow his poisons or his toxins in your life so that the water well within you is no longer pure he's trying listen you cannot lose sight of this he is trying to defeat you in this hour and all of us know it's kind of rare when i spend any time talking about the defeated sickening one the twisted one the jaded one amen one day we're going to look upon him and we're going to, the scripture says we're going to be utterly stunned. We're going to look upon Satan himself and say, is this the one that actually made the nations tremble? You've got to be kidding me. 
It's going to stun us. It's going to absolutely shock us. But I'm telling you in this hour, listen, we need to understand the, the enemy is lurking like a, a roaring lion. He's seeking out who he wants to destroy. He comes to steal. He comes to kill and destroy. It's his mission. It's who he is. He's a thief. He's a liar. And he wants your secret source of power. He wants your life-giving, sustaining well of life within you. He wants to contaminate you. Wow. Are you with me tonight? Proverbs 25 and verse 26. Go there, please. Proverbs 25 and verse 26. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. Wow. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. Let that sit right there and simmer. Think about that. What is toxic? See, toxic, toxics are things that literally poison the heart. My, uh, my wife and I were out walking in our neighborhood about two months ago, and we were walking our little dog Snickers, and a lot of you have been to our home, and so you know who I'm talking about. And um, we were walking along there, and there was this um, sign and it said, beware of toxin poisons in, in the yard. And we were stunned. You know, beware of, to beware of toxic poisons. And we pulled back the dog. We're like, you got to be kidding. What is going on here? You know, you can go to Lowe's right now. You can go to Home Depot and you can find warning toxic poison signs. Right? You can find those. You can... You can drive down the road anytime and you see the large trucks coming through. Beware, toxic poisons. But what we don't have is the ability for people to put on t-shirts when you meet them that they're full of toxic poisons. Are you with me? That's why you have to have discernment in this hour. That's why you need the Holy Spirit directing you and guiding you and keeping you from dangerous relationships and dangerous people. The Holy Spirit desires to keep us free, free from poison and toxics that can kill us. He doesn't want us in toxic relationships, dangerous relationships. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We need discernment in this hour. Here's an interesting verse, Matthew 15. I don't even think I gave it to the team tonight, so let me read it to you. Matthew 15, verse 19. Would you put it in your notes tonight? Jesus told us something. This is interesting. He says that it literally comes deep down from within us. He says, out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Wow. I mean, Jesus says this is the kind of stuff that comes out of people, up out of a deep place. And he says, where does it come? It, it, it comes where? Out of the heart. Man, that, that is like sobering stuff. It's sobering stuff. Jesus says what comes up 
out of people. And, and what I want to do tonight, I, I, I recognize I'm preaching strong. There, there are nights that, that the Lord like restrains me and pulls me back and I feel like a kitten. Tonight I feel like a mighty lion. Are you with me tonight? So I'm here to help you. I am here as your leader, as your shepherd, who whatever I am to you, your friend, I am here to help you mightily overcome victorious in God. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to make sure that your well does not get poisoned by the enemy and that you find strategy with God that amply protects you and preserves your life to the very end. So in order to do that, see, Jesus says all of these wild things that we just talked about, these vicious, freaky things that come up out of the heart of people is scary. So what we have to do is we have to talk about the most important real estate on the planet. And, and all of you eschatology end time people, you're already on the Temple Mount in Israel. You're like, oh, I, I, know, I know the answer to this question. No, that's, that's not the right answer. The most important real estate on the earth is not a big parcel of land. The most important real estate is actually very small. And you have to actually keep backing yourself out of the macro world, out of the macro world. And it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and more condensed that it gets down to a piece of real estate that is about this big. And it is beating inside of your chest right now. That is the most important real estate that you have authority over and you are called to be the watchman over your own heart. You're to guard your heart with all diligence. You're to watch over your heart. This is where we're going tonight. This is, this is your most important assignment. You might want to write that down. My most important assignment in life is guarding my heart. You know, I, I, Brent and I, man, we, we have, we've clocked in 24 years of marriage, and now we're starting to begin our 25th year in ministry. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I just never dreamed it, it would be anything like this or be as hard as it is. Oh, God. Really? As hard and challenging and pruning and humbling and lower. It's like, it's like God, how, how low do I have to get? I mean, do I have to crawl underneath the carpet right now to get lower? There are things that happen to all of us in our life. There are things that come at us in our journey in life. And it gives us the potential to become poisoned. I remember years ago, I was speaking a message at the first church that we pioneered. Some of you were part of that work. And you'll remember a message that I spoke to us called, Bitten But Not Poisoned. I'm going to grab a segment of that for just a second. Bitten But Not Poisoned. Write it down. Bitten But Not Poisoned. Bitten But Not Poisoned. See, the Apostle Paul, he was shipwrecked on an island called Malta. This is the book of Acts. He was making his way to the city of Rome. 
Because an angel came and said, hey, bud, you're going there. But he didn't know how bad. (laughs) How's the ministry treating you, Apostle Paul? How's it treating you, buddy? (laughs) Whoa. He didn't know how rocky and absolute crazy it was going to be. Right? So um, an angel comes to him and tells him, look, you're going to lose you're going to lose everything. I mean, he tries to warn. He tries to warn everybody on the ship. You're going to lose everything. And, and so finally they, they, they're in a storm called the Eurocladon that comes into ep- epic destruction of a ship. And they're swimming in for their lives on an island. Right? And so here's Paul. I mean, can you see him? Can you see? I mean, can you see this epic adventure? There, 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 there's no orchestra sitting on the beach with a, a movie score making it awesome for Paul. You know, there, there's no nothing. There's no adrenaline rush. There, there's, there's no cellos being lifted. And there's no, there's nothing. It's horrible. I mean, it doesn't get any worse, right? And all the men are just swimming in for their lives. He finally makes it to shore. The people of the the island of Malta are in shock. They start building fires and helping the people that have been shipwrecked. And now they're sitting around a fire. And it's not long. And the worst venomous viper on that island comes out of the dark and bites Paul on the hand. Somebody had to say, man, if anyone has ever had bad luck, it's that dude. I mean, if you've just seen him swim in and the ship is totally lost, it's gone. He swam in. His life is preserved. He sits down. He gets bit by the worst venomous viper on the island You've had a bad day. You've had a bad day. Yeah, that's Paul. He's had a bad day. I mean, you talk, that's a bad day. And it says, Paul goes like this. He just shakes the viper off into the fire. They're all looking going, this dude's a dead man. He's dead. Man, he, he's got a curse on him. Something's wrong with him. He's, he's got an epic curse on him. He's, he, I mean, let's just all watch. He's just about ready to come off on that log. Now, that's not what happens. He just shakes it off into the fire, and he's totally fine. I want to tell you something. In life, you will be bitten, but you don't have to be poisoned. You will be bitten. Pastor Brian, that's not good news. I like good news. I, I like the good news part. I like that. No, 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 no. You're going to get bit. You're going to get bit. And then you're going to get bit again. You're going to get bit again. Keep living. Keep living. Keep living. You're going to get bit again. But you don't have to be poisoned. But what that means is the venom doesn't have to work in you. You can shake it off. Come on. Let me give you more context of shaking it off. It means guard your heart. That's how you stay healthy. And that's how you can stay everlasting in the fight of faith. 
Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? But if you are not careful, if you do not guard your heart, as we are instructed by Solomon, Proverbs 4, if you do not guard your heart, what will happen is, is that the poison actually has the potential to destroy every one of us. But it also has the potential to destroy everyone around you if you don't deal with poisonous bites. Have you ever heard the statement, hurt people, hurt people? Now let's, let's be honest in the room. Have you ever been hurt and started hurting others? Okay, there's about 50% honest people in the room, and that's okay. I'm going to give an altar call in a minute. Sure. I've, I've been there. Uh, I have been there. Since you're not, you're like, I'm not, I'm not really sure if I want to answer that question. So I'll answer it for you. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been hurt. I've been hurt. You ever been hurt? And, and then out of the hurt, you start hurting other people. I've done it. I've done it. Have you done it? 75%. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... <clears throat> I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 4 for just a moment. Proverbs 4. And Solomon, he is the wisest man who's ever lived. His book is known as the book of wisdom or the book of Proverbs. Solomon writes these words. Verse 23. We're going to go back in a minute, but I want you to look at verse 23 for just a moment. And he says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now, circle that word spring, because at the very beginning of this, we were talking about water sources. We were talking about the Gihon Spring, and we were talking, remember, about Hezekiah coming up with a major military strategy that we've got to do something to protect our wells. We've got to do something. We've got to shut off the water sources from our enemies, and we've got to preserve our life sources. you gotta, you got to watch this. you got to do it with all diligence. Wow. The New American Standard, it, tra- it, it translates the same Bible verse this way. It says, watch over your heart. With all diligence, for it flows the springs of life. It flows the springs of life. It flows. Your heart flows the springs of life. The Passion Translation. Can I get a shout out tonight for the Passion Translation? There you are. I found you. I found you. Ha ha. Okay. The Passion Translation says this. So above all... Guard the, and this is the word I love, the affections. Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Wow. Wow. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. See, you you have to beware and recognize and remove Hidden dangers from your heart. you got to recognize. Here's another word for recognize. You have to discern it. You have to discern 
and recognize hidden dangers that could come at your heart. That could be pride. Okay, that went over well. The silence of the lambs. It, it, it could be pride. It, it, could, be, it could be arrogance. It, it could be jealousy. It could be envy. It could be lust. It could be bitterness. It could be unforgiveness. Wow. This is big stuff. It could be greed. The enemy's got a lot of things in his arsenal, doesn't he? See, these things, they have the potential to poison our heart. Let's start in verse 1, chapter 4. Are you there? Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. And give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, a tender and the only one in the sight of my mother he also taught me, and he said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. Are you with me? Verse 5, ready? Get wisdom, get understanding. Say it tonight. Get wisdom, get understanding. One more time. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. Who is her? It's wisdom. Wisdom. Do not forsake wisdom. She will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. This is good news. You see how this is, this is the safety net? You see how this is the secret to us overcoming in life? Amen? Here's the secret. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Watch. Exalt her. She will promote you. Exalt her. Wisdom will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Whoa. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver to you. Hear, my son. Receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom, and I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you'll not stumble. How many of you need that word tonight? Come on. How many of you need that word Right there. That is your promise. We're, this is not a relic of just Solomon spitting out what David had taught him. We're not reviewing historical relics. This is powerful, powerful truth that will keep you, preserve you, bringing you into an elevated place of triumph and victory. And it will keep your feet out of the net of being trapped and snared. Woo! Come on, give God praise. Come on. 
When you walk, your steps, they won't be hindered. And when you run, you'll not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. That's a command right there. Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of evil. I mean, this is, this is, this is what I want printed on the front page of the New York Times and Washington Post for tomorrow's paper. Our generation has to hear this and see this. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. What do you do with evil paths? You avoid it. You don't travel on it. You turn away from it and you pass on. Oh, but Pastor Brian, you, you just don't, you don't know. I just have a propensity and I'm just bent this way. No, you need to grow up and you need to avoid sin at all costs. You need to be a mighty soldier of God and mature and you need to pass on the way of the wicked. It's strong. I know it's strong. It's for all of us. Verse 16. For they do not sleep unless they've done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and they drink the wine of violence. Ha ha, but you, victory. You. But the path of the just is like the shining sun. It shines ever brighter until the perfect day. That means you're going from glory to glory. That means you're going from glory to glory. You're going from faith to faith. That means you are going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter like the shining sun. The way of the wicked is like the darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, my daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them where? In the midst of your heart. There it is. There's, there's that real estate again. Keep wisdom down right there. Keep it in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you the deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Glory. Let your eyes look straight ahead. And your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. the heart. It's the heart. You know who's in charge and watching over your heart? You. You. 
What am I to do with my heart, Brian? Write it down tonight. I'm to watch over my heart. God has called me to guard my heart. Nourish your heart. I'm giving you some words tonight. See, you remember, you remember what Hezekiah did? He stood in front of his people and he gave them words of encouragement. And that word of encouragement nourished them and fed them and they rejoiced. I'm giving you words. You got to watch over your heart. You got to guard your heart. You got to nourish your heart. You got to feed your heart. That's a good word. You got to feed your heart. You got to feed your heart the right stuff. I mean, the doctors will tell you that, right? You got to feed your heart. This is a big one. You got to protect your heart. I mean, my son's 19, my daughter's 18. I mean, I, Victoria's been telling me about her wedding since she was two. Telling me and Brent how that wedding was going to be. And I, I mean, it's year after year after year. 18 now. I'm like, <laughs> protect your heart. <laughs> protect your heart. What do you need to do with your heart? You, you need to make sure that your heart is in proper rhythm and in sync with the Holy Spirit. That's a good word. Write it down. See, when your life feels out of rhythm... I'm a rhythm guy. I'm like Henry. I'm a drummer. And there's something about rhythm. There is something about the marching of the drum and that rhythm. There's a momentum in that rhythm. When you feel, listen, you can be so close to God, and I believe the majority in here are. You be so close to God that when the, when the rhythm or the momentum of the cadence that's a big word. The cadence of your life just starts getting out of sync. You need to back off and go, okay, wait a second. And then get back and find the unforced rhythms of grace. As it says in the message translation, Jesus says, are you worn out? Are you tired? I'll teach you how to take a real rest. Come to me and I'll teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. You find that rhythm. You find that momentum again. You find that cadence. You find your flow. You ever gotten out of your flow? Five honest people, have you ever gotten out of your flow? You Come in, you're a hard crowd tonight. So you back off. When, when you feel you're, you're not hitting your stride of your cadence. I mean, I, I love to watch our military play their drums. And move those swords, and they're, they're in cadence, they're in timing, they're counting. They're in a cadence, they're in a time. It's a mute math. You can't hear the math, it's in the quiet, but they're in a mute math. It's a cadence, they're moving. Boom, boom, boom. There it goes. When you feel, when you feel your heart is out of sync, I was just talking to a, a dear friend of mine, very close to us friend for nearly 20 years about a situation they just bought a house and he said the worst thing he's like once we bought the house all the peace left me and my wife and I was like oh my you see listen you need to listen to your heart 
You need to listen to your heart. <laughs> That's an 80s song, but we won't go there. <laughs> Don't you dare go there. <laughs> listen to your heart. Okay, so anyway. Okay, so you need to listen to your heart. If you get out of cadence, if you get out of the rhythm, you need to step back from it. I'm trying to help you. I'm your friend tonight. I'm helping you, right? Can you help me and say amen? <laughs> okay, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to back way and stay with the Lord, get some quality time with the Lord. And, and how, many of you, <laughs> how many of you remember when you were a kid and there was a long jump rope about 20 feet and people were over here, people were over here, and they were... <sighs> How many remember this, right? How many you girls remember this? And you were you were watching the rope. You were watching the rope, right? And what are you doing? You know, I know what you were doing. The same thing I did as a kid. You started rocking. Not like rocking. No, you were rocking. You're, you're <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, George. You, you were rocking. What what were you doing? You were finding your rhythm. You were finding the momentum. You were actually trying to discern the turn. You were trying to discern the turn. Jerry and I send this funny meme to each other all the time of this, this guy standing and watching this rope. And he goes, he tries to walk forward into it, and he trips over his own feet. And he just falls into the rope. And every time he and I send it to each other, I lose my mind. It's so funny. But what happens is, is the rope is going, you're watching the rope, you're watching the rope, and you start rocking, and you're, you're kind of counting it almost. It's mute math. It, it, you're, and you're finding your momentum, and that's what happens in worship, right? This is, this is what you learn in life. This is what you, you watch a business. You watch the waves come in. You have to discern when the wave's going to break. You have to discern when you're going to jump on your surfboard and get up and ride, right? This is life. This is the momentum. And you have to discern the cadence. Your heart has to be in the cadence with the Holy Spirit. you got to find the pace. And if, and if something happens when the red flags go up, you've got to back away from it. I'm trying to help us tonight. Are you with me? Are you with me? Right now, this country is just sunken in unbelievable amounts of animosity, pain, grief, a lot of wrestling convictions, a lot of intense emotions. Right now, you have to guard your heart. You've got to be very careful with your heart right now, don't you? See, this, this is not, it, it's amazing. We, we live in a time, you have to be so careful. I mean, uh, okay, this is going to offend somebody, but it's okay. It's going to be okay. You, you, you can't even walk out of your house with your Make America Great Again hat. You know, you can't, you can't walk out with your Make America Great Again uh, shirt or sweatshirt because somebody has started a fight with you, throw a milkshake on you, spit on you. You can't. I, I'm going beyond the exterior. I'm going in here. I'm going inward tonight. I'm going small. I'm going to the real estate of your heart tonight. 
you got to guard your heart. you got to be careful. Listen, we, we live in a wicked, perverse generation. We live in a time of corruption and lawlessness like we have never seen and never known before. We are literally in a reprieve of mercy from the Lord. If some leaders had the chance to be in charge of this nation, what they would do to Christians and Christianity would shock you. It would shock you. And there is a political spirit right now that is trying to hijack and manipulate every one of our hearts. I'm talking to myself. Are you hearing me? I mean, some of you have noticed, you know, life has changed for the Gibbs. I, I, in the last three years, I, I can't even count how many times I've been in Washington, D.C. on assignments. I, and I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit talks to me all the time. Guard your heart from the political spirit. I read books about how to protect my heart from the political spirit. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to watch yourself. Amen? Are you with me? You got to be careful what direction you allow your heart to go. You know, you can't go everywhere. You can't be everywhere. You can't do everything. You have to choose the right direction for your heart. Are you with me? So here's some good instruction. Each day, set your course. Set your heart. Set your mind on the things of the Lord. And meditate on the Lord. Your heart, you may want to write this down, my heart needs the ministry of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> you get excited when you go to Starbucks and get a white chocolate mocha or a, a vanilla chai latte. But that doesn't do anything for you. What you really need is the ministry of the Holy Spirit ministering to your heart that goes deep and sets you into the rhythm and the course and the path of your divine calling. Your heart needs the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Your heart needs the communion of the Holy Spirit. It's time well spent with God. It's time well spent in the Word. It's time well spent worshiping God, getting fresh oil from heaven now. And that's how you get it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't sound real deep. It doesn't sound real sexy, does it? You just need to spend time with God. And people are like, I mean, give us something deep. Well, the color in Moses' tabernacle of the fabric, it, okay, are you, you tracking with me? You want to hear something deep? You have got to feed your heart the right stuff. You've got to guard your heart. Your heart needs the communion, the sweet communion and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Pray over your heart. What should I pray, Pastor Brian? Pray that your heart is alert and sharp and not dull. Write it down. Pray your heart is sharp, alert, and not dull. So many people's hearts in this hour are so spiritually dull. That's why most of the 
people in American churches cannot receive a real word from God. They're so spiritually dull. You want sharpened? Spend time with God. Your heart will become alert. You will become awakened. Right? Your heart will become awakened. You'll become alert in God. You won't be spiritually dull. I'm preaching tonight. I hope you... Your heart is only protected by the presence of God. Your heart is only protected by the presence of God. And that's why your heart has to be immersed in the presence. See... What happened in here tonight and what is continuing to happen, it has to be the new norm because our lives are so chaotic and busy. I'll I'll borrow a term from Phil Collins from the 80s. He wrote a song years ago called Land of Confusion. This is, let me tell you why. This is the land of confusion. There's not much love to go around. Okay, go to iTunes, buy it tonight. You're welcome. (laughs) Land of confusion. It's true. But what happens is you can get so confused watching the world and your heart is getting radically tipped, top, and out of sync with God. Your heart is protected in the presence. What is happening tonight has to become the new norm. Why? Because people aren't doing this in the private place. And if they learn this here, they'll get an appetite. You'll start growing teeth to want to do this every day. Some of you tonight actually healed you from the last month that you've just lived. Some of you in this room tonight has healed you from the last month you've just lived. And you didn't even know it. When you stood in this presence, in this this level of glory tonight, you were being healed. You were being washed. That's why it's so important that we do this. So that when the transvestite comes in, when the cutter comes in, when the confused come in, they walk into a thick realm of glory. And what happens? They get healed in the atmosphere that sons and daughters came into a revelation of the access before the throne of God. We asked big, God answered big and beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. And then a throne zone has been created and people are walking into it not even knowing their world is completely about to change. And it changed. Hallelujah! Come on! See, because then they'll discern. I had a heart change. I don't know. I don't know. I, I used to love pornography. I walked into victory, and I don't, I don't even want to do it anymore. I used to love to smoke pot, but I don't know. I went to victory, and I, I don't even have the desire anymore. Are you, are you hearing me? This should be the norm. 
Don't let your heart be conformed to the spirit of this age. Paul writes in Romans 12, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. I want to give you five things and we're going to, we're going to stop. I'm going to give you one last victorious scripture. Paul said, walk in love. And this is in Ephesians. Write it down. Walk in love. Walk worthy. Walk holy. Walk humbly. Walk circumspectively. Brian, slow down. Yeah, okay. Walk holy. Walk worthy. Walk in love. Walk in humility. Walk circumspectively. What does that word circumspectively mean? It means what David wrote in the Psalms. Investigate my heart and make me clean. That's what it means. Heart. Okay, let's dial down real quick. Let's go back to that real estate. Investigate my heart. When you walk circumspectively, listen, y'all, I know you. You're friends of God, right? You're friends of God. That means you, you never want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You're a friend of God. That's your privilege. That's my privilege. I'm a friend of God. I don't want to walk in any way that would grieve the Holy Spirit. So when you walk circumspectively, you, you walk humbly in such a way where you're checking your heart. Right? You know? You're, you're doing a daily checkup. Don't, don't check your heart once a month. Don't check your heart once a month. Check it every day. Check it every day. Walk circumspectively, Paul writes. It means you look inward and you say, okay, God, make sure that my heart is in rhythm and in sync with you. Anything out of step. It doesn't have to be the major sins, right? It doesn't have to be major sins, and a lot of you are mature believers. But you know what? Mature believers can fail, too, and fall flat on their face. I had a mentor and a pastor in my life for many, 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 many years, and he used to say, you know what? Better men than you and me have already fallen. That's why we have to walk humbly. you got to check your heart all the time. I have some good news for you tonight. You ready? I want to close with Mark 16. Aaron, I'm going to make you shout. My God. Mark 16, are you ready? I have some good news for us tonight. And I'm going to go back to the front of this train. See, the enemy would love to poison your well. He'd love to poison your water. Ha, 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 ha. He'd love to poison your well. He'd love to steal the secret source of your life. But I got good news for you. Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They'll take up servants. You ready? If they drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. <laughs> Woo!
clean wells, pure water, hearts that are not contaminated by poison. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand? Cody, come. It's been a great night. What a night it's been. Amen. What a night. What a night it's been. What a night it's been. Would you stand, everyone, would you stand? We're going to close out tonight. I know that we went late. I know that we need to go get our kids and moms and dads are heading out to go get the little ones. just want you to put your hands out to receive. So, Lord, we just thank you that as the waves of the word of God have went out, they've been washing us and cleansing us tonight, purifying us, putting us back in sync. We've been finding our rhythm, that unforced rhythm of grace. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for my family called Victory, a church of his presence. I thank you that there is a mighty call of God upon these lives. I praise you for their walk. I praise you for their commitment. I praise you for their obedience. I thank you for watchmen tonight, Father. I thank you for warriors. I thank you for worshipers. I thank you, Lord, that I have friends that are after the heart, the very heart of God. I thank you. We are a blessed people, Father. Tonight, Lord, I just pray for the exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Waves of your favor to crash on our family. waves to crash upon us. Father loves you. Father loves your heart. Father cherishes your heart. Father will fight for your heart. He will always fight for you. He has won the victory and he will keep winning and winning and winning for you. Someone in here needs to hear that. The Lord is fighting your battle before you even now. Just lift your hands. And I'm going to read it one more time out of Second Chronicles. Hezekiah says about Sennacherib, With him is the arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. I declare tonight the people of God are encouraged by God's friend, Brian Gibbs. In the name of Jesus, you are encouraged you are strengthened, you are, you are empowered, you are nourished in your heart, in your spirit, 
In Jesus' name, I bless you. I bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, have a miracle, overcoming, victorious week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, shout. We love you. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.